0: Sometimes, stuff happens. Sometimes, things don't go as planned. It's summertime, and I imagine we've all had that vacation where everything goes wrong, right? Car broke down, the flight got delayed, the weather didn't cooperate, something valuable got lost, someone suddenly became deathly ill or suffered some freak injury, right? All right, (laughs) bringing back some memories this morning. Or maybe it was everyone was supposed to get along, it was the big family and friends vacation, everyone was supposed to get along, and then, you know, you just reach that certain point where that last nerve gives way, and the constant bickering starts, and all you want to do is go home. But stuff doesn't just happen. The unexpected doesn't just hit us on vacations. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your career. You know, you used to enjoy coming in each day. There was a time when you felt like you could make a difference, that there was room for advancement, opportunities for you to learn and grow. But then you found yourself under new management. You got a different boss. You were reassigned to other responsibilities. And that promotion, that needed raise... Just a little appreciation. Some job satisfaction. It never came through. And now it's just work. It could be your finances. You earmarked all that money you were going to earn. All that savings you put away for something else. And then that unforeseen bill came due. That unexpected repair needed to be made. That surprise expense just popped up and it was gone. It might be your health, you know, just a, you know, a basic daily bodily function, take your pick, that's never been an issue. But now, something's not working right. You're not feeling right, and suddenly, it's like that, your life becomes dictated, right? Dominated, restricted by appointments, medications, and dietary concerns. Or could it be a relationship? A relationship with a family member or a friend, someone with whom you were once so close and shared everything, but then you had a falling out, or you grew apart, or maybe that person is no longer with us, and now it's just not the same anymore. You rarely see each other, you barely talk, you miss them, you feel like a piece of yourself has been lost. What examples are you thinking of when things haven't gone the way you planned? What do we do when stuff happens? Where can we look to to orient ourselves and become centered, to gain, you know, some direction, some momentum in order to move ahead, in order to move forward rather than stay stuck? We can look to our true north. To the voice of our Creator, the Word of the Lord. That's why the Bibles are open in our hands this morning. We can look to Scripture, and specifically, we can start in a place like the book of Proverbs. And if you've never read the book of Proverbs or haven't been there in a while, this is a book that's a collection of short, really short, compact sayings that are seasoned with truth about human behavior and flavored with wisdom from a divine perspective. And what you find in Proverbs is this inseparable relationship between truth that leads to wisdom that's expressed, how that relationship works is expressed in the third chapter of the book after a brief introduction. And in these words that we're about to read is the theme of the whole collection of Proverbs and it's also, as we'll see, the key to facing the unknown, the unexpected, the unwanted, when stuff just happens. In this life. So if you have it open, we're going to read from the first six verses of Proverbs 3. Hear this word. My son or daughter, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor. And a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Spoiler alert. This isn't a sermon about Proverbs. This is a message about a man who lived according to the wisdom contained in this book. Someone who looked not just to those words we just read, but looked to the one to whom those words point. And as Proverbs 3 outlines, let this relationship direct and shape his path. Today's sermon is a reflection on the life of Daniel. Daniel. If you haven't read the book of Daniel, we actually did a sermon series on it a couple years back. You can find it in our archives in 2016. But we're looking at the life of Daniel today because that's been the focus, as you've caught on, I hope, for our entire Vacation Bible School, all week long. And because that's where we've been, that's what we're going to focus on in our time in the Word this morning. Like I said, sometimes stuff happens Sometimes things don't go as planned. But here's my question for you. What do you do when that's the story of your whole life? Because that's Daniel's story. If you're unfamiliar with Daniel, early in his teens, probably about 15, 14, 15, Daniel's entire life was turned upside down. When the Babylonian army rumbled like a juggernaut across the Middle East and conquered his homeland of Israel. Witnessing the capital city of his nation destroyed, Daniel, along with countless others, was led away in chains and became a captive in a foreign land. Think about that. Daniel's whole life was still ahead of him. But in that moment, that one moment, whatever Daniel had been raised and taught to expect in the future, everything he himself had envisioned for tomorrow was gone all that had once been familiar, comfortable, steadying for Daniel, disappeared. And this wasn't just a season of time for Daniel. Facing the unexpected, adjusting to unpredictable changes became the status quo for the rest of his life. Suddenly he found himself thrust into a new culture, new language, new customs, separated from his family, his community, his mentors, Daniel became subject to new leaders, new laws, and new norms. Daniel never got to go home again. He remained in exile from the place of his birth all the way until the day of his death. Even though he took up residence in Babylon, in his heart, Daniel lived as an outsider in a foreign land. What would you have done if you were Daniel? How do we respond when stuff happens, when things change, when we get, you know, uncomfortable, when our expectations are not met, when our dreams die, when we can't anticipate what's around the corner, when life doesn't go as planned, the way we planned? What do we do? Do we collapse in tears of despair and remain inconsolable? Do we pinch a fit and incessantly complain and protest to anyone who'll listen? Do we let our fear and our anxieties overtake us and just begin to wave the white flag? Do we become bitter, pessimistically resigning ourselves to a depressing future? Do we shrug our shoulders put our heads down, and get lost in the crowd, just going through the motions rather than standing apart anymore and looking to the horizon. What would you have done if you were Daniel? How do you react when stuff happens, when things change? Because the thing is, Daniel didn't respond in any of these ways that I just mentioned. He never tried to come up with an escape plan out of Babylon He didn't get stuck in lamenting about how life is so unfair. He didn't give up. He didn't give in. He didn't try to make a name for himself. You see, part of the reason Daniel's story is so compelling and we just keep paying attention to it is because of what Daniel didn't do and how he faced all that happened to him. When his environment changed, he didn't fall apart. Daniel wasn't defined by his circumstances, and yet he always rose to the occasion. Daniel wasn't defined by his circumstances, and yet he always rose to the occasion. Whether it was interpreting dreams no one else could decipher, or seeing the writing on the wall when everyone else didn't know what to do, Daniel embraced and met each opportunity and responsibility that came his way when there were tremendous expectations, even profitable incentives to either conform or die. Daniel never wavered. Daniel never lost his identity or compromised his beliefs and yet he didn't just survive those ordeals. Daniel thrived in the midst of each challenge put before him. Whether it was deviating from the royal menu and choosing an alternative meal plan, or maintaining his daily rhythm of praying to the Lord in spite of the law of the land. Daniel found favor with, ex- with successive and rival kings and outlasted. Think about this. Two world empires. What was his secret? Right? What was his I mean, you read a story like Daniel, you hear this. What was his secret? What made Daniel stand apart from the rest? What was the Daniel difference? In a word... It was courage. Courage. When stuff happened, Daniel took courage. When the unexpected came to pass, Daniel had courage. Now, if you haven't looked at it recently, courage is defined this way. Courage is defined as the ability to do something, to have strength and resolve in the face of fear, pain, or unforeseeable obstacle. Courage is the ability to do something, to have strength and resolve in the face of fear, pain, or an unforeseen obstacle. That's courage. But we need to be careful when we talk about courage. Because, you see, a human definition of courage frames that this kind of strength, this kind of resolve, comes from within the individual, a human definition of courage says that strength, that resolve, that, uh, that, you know, power and might comes from within the individual. Our perception of courage is the self-generated, autonomous power and might of the American action movie hero. Think The Rock in Skyscraper this weekend. Yeah. That's courage. That's what courage looks like from a human perspective. It's the person who relies, right, on their own, his or her own muscle, physical, mental, emotional, muscle and skills. It's the one who gets out there, right, and stands up to their, on their own two feet and proves themselves by coming out on top. This is our picture of courage. But brace yourselves, this is not the biblical definition of courage. This is not real Courage. This is not the kind of courage Daniel reflected throughout his life. You see, biblical courage is not about our power, our strength, our skill. Biblical courage is about being empowered by God's strength and skill. Biblical courage is being empowered by God's work in and through us. Daniel was courageous. There's no mistake about that. But the wellspring, the source of Daniel's courage, was the Lord's presence at work in him and through the situations he faced. He was a living reflection of the proverb that we read this morning. Daniel's security, his confidence was not in himself. His trust with all his heart was in the Lord. We read, we study Daniel's life to see courage in action. Courage that Daniel had because it was courage, strength, and resolve. Daniel was given through his relationship with the Lord. In other words, Daniel had courage because Daniel took courage from God. He took the assurance that when things changed, when he needed help, when he was afraid, or when he was lonely, God was with him and for him. Do you have that kind of courage? Do you need that kind of courage today? Because real courage isn't looking in the mirror and telling yourself, you've got this. You can do it. Because the truth is, you don't. The truth is, you can't. The problems of this broken world, let's be honest for a second here. The problems of this broken world, the challenges of this life that's not the way it's supposed to be, the burdens that are born of our enslavement to addiction, to fear, to sin and death, they're beyond our strength. They're beyond our skill, our resolve. They're outside our pay grade. Real courage isn't looking in the mirror at yourself. It's looking into the mirror of God's word, the face of the word made flesh, and hearing God in Christ say, I've got this, and I've got you. I alone can do it, and I can do more than you even imagine or hope for. Real courage is seeing and yielding to the strength and power of God's spirit Seeking not only to do a good work in you, but through you. It's seeing and yielding to the strength and power of God's spirit, seeking not only to do a good work in you, but through you. God gives us the kind of courage not just to survive, but to thrive. Not just for us to make it through, but to impact and bless others along the way. How many of us, when the unexpected or the unwanted comes, take the exact opposite point of view to what I just said? How many of us take the exact opposite point of view? You know, when all of a sudden the unexpected, what we didn't see coming, when stuff happens, we tend to pull back, right? We pull away. We've got to conserve our strength to make it through what just hit us. We're gonna need all our energy, all our resources, and our resolve for ourselves, thank you very much, in order to figure things out. We tell ourselves we have to be strong. Life's gotta be going the way we planned before we can contribute, before we can engage other relationships, before we can help anyone else. But my friends, that's human courage talking. That's human courage. See, because I'm talking about my strength. I'm talking about my resolve. I'm talking about my resources, my skills. Divine courage, strength, resources, resolve, given, taken from the Lord. That kind of power, that kind of capacity, not only can take care of us, but it can impact others along the way. Look at Daniel's life. Read his story, look at Daniel's life, and look at how God didn't just provide for him, but through Daniel, God influenced and blessed two world empires, two. Proverbs 3 spells out what this kind of courage involves, and Daniel's life with Proverbs 3 offers us a practical and tangible picture of what this kind of courage looks like. Like Daniel... No matter where we find ourselves, we must not forget whose we are. You want divine courage? You can't forget whose you are. Like Daniel, when everything else is turned upside down, we need to hold in our heart to the one relationship in our life that cannot be touched, our relationship with the Lord. Daniel never went home, but it didn't bother Daniel because Daniel knew that his home wasn't in Israel. His home was in his relationship with the Lord. When everything else changed, Daniel knew that was the one relationship no one could touch. My friends, we are children of the living God. You sit here today as a child of the living God, created in our Father's image, redeemed and set apart and secure, hear me, secure through his life given for yours in Jesus Christ. And you are continually being guided and shaped by his Holy Spirit You are filled with the authority and power not just to endure, but to thrive before any opportunity or challenge put before you. And the certainty and reliability of this relationship is beyond the reach of anyone or anything else. Like Daniel, we take courage. We receive strength and resolve that we need from the Lord by keeping his instruction for our lives. Like Daniel, we receive courage when we follow the Lord's lead, leaning not on our own understanding, but relying on his love and faithfulness to never leave us and see us through. My friends, when our relationship with our God and his relationship to us is enough, It's when it's where we begin and where we end. Then everything in the middle, hear me, everything in the middle, all the unexpected twists, all the unforeseen turns, even the darkest valleys will be straightened out for us. We will make it through the fire. We will not be swallowed by the lions. Daniel is living proof of the truth of this that despite the hazards and threats around us, if God, our relationship to God, is where we begin and end, then despite the hazards and threats around us, we will come through to the other side. We will gain favor and a good name. We will prosper and find peace. I recently came to understand this firsthand. I'm about to share a story with you from part of my time on the Camino. I'm not gonna do it full justice, so if you wanna hear more, I invite you to come, as I mentioned, on August 8th. But it's not every day that you decide to take a 25-pound backpack, strap it on, and walk over 150 miles by foot. Some people said, that's your idea of a vacation? Okay. And then when you add rain, torrential rain, when you add blisters, painful blisters, when you add an ankle that suddenly swells up on you that you didn't expect and it doesn't seem to go away no matter what you do, and all kinds of other unexpected, unforeseen, unpredictable elements, it takes courage to keep walking. You know, when I had my meltdown, I kept saying to myself, I researched this. I prepared for this. You could see me walking around Huntington Beach with my backpack on. I trained for this. And with each day that it got harder and I was breaking down, I just kept saying, I am going to prove that I can do this. I am not gonna come back and say I didn't do this. I kept looking in the mirror and saying, you got this. You could do this. Get up off your butt, man, keep walking. That was my rhythm until everything finally caught up with me and I hit the wall, hard. I actually said this out loud, I mean this, I said this out loud, I can't do this anymore. I was trying to be courageous, but I never allowed myself to be given the courage I needed. And in that moment, when that moment, my meltdown, somewhere in in the space between my depressing mantra, I can't do this anymore. Another thought entered my mind and my heart. It was not my own, I'm telling you. It was not from me. Trust me, if you were inside my head, it was not, or my heart, it was not from me. In the midst of my repeated, I can't do this anymore, and a lot of other things that I'm not gonna repeat in church. (laughs) The Spirit of Christ said no you can't do this on your own you've reached the end of yourself now let me take over you see the wall i hit the biggest obstacle in front of me was me And as I resumed my walk, and again, there's a lot more to this story, but as I resumed my walk, initially, when I started to walk again, I believed I had reached the end of myself, and now Christ was taking over. However, what I finally began to understand as the miles kept coming is that Jesus had been sustaining me all along. Achievements on the Camino that earlier I had perceived and posted as being about my strength or perseverance, suddenly I saw differently. They became reframed as provision and blessings from the Lord. My breaking point, in other words, wasn't so much the end of me as much as it was the beginning of discovering and relying on Christ at work in and through me, despite myself. (laughs) I don't know if you can relate to this, but kind of the epiphany for me in in the midst of all this was, you know, I've always believed in Christ. I've always believed in Jesus. I've never struggled with that. I've always believed in Christ. But what I began to realize is what has been my struggle, what what are my doubts like Thomas, where are my denials like Peter, where's even my betrayal like Judas, what is my struggle, is I've always struggled not to believe in Jesus, I've struggled to believing in Christ at work in me. Trusting, trusting that Jesus is enough. My struggle, and again, I I don't know if maybe you relate to this, has been letting go of trying to partner with Christ. I love to partner with Jesus, right? Instead of submitting to his reign over my life. Because all my life I've argued with who's the junior partner and the senior partner in our relationship. I've struggled with always trying to get ahead of Jesus instead of following his lead. I've realized that I keep believing that Jesus is at the center. I would tell you that Jesus was at the center of my life, but in that moment, what I had to see is that functionally, even despite what I said, that Jesus is at the center of my life, it's all about Jesus. Functionally, I'd been living with Jesus on the periphery. Someone who I paid homage to along the way, Jesus, is all about you, God bless you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, but I only engaged as my go-to in case of emergency. This is big because what I discovered on those last few miles of the Camino was not just where I had been, the life that I had had, but I really saw, experienced for the first time the life I could have in Christ, a life lived with courage, a life where I can go the distance no matter how far or how long, a life where pain does not limit my progress or steal my joy. A life where how I feel doesn't define who I am. A life where I can do all things more than I could ever imagine or hope for through Christ who strengthens me. Beloved, where does your courage come from? Where does your courage come from? Are you still trying to buck yourself up, you know, thumping your chest, looking for others to validate you? Working hard to convince yourself you've got the eye of the tiger, you're a fighter dancing through the fire because you're the champion and everyone's gonna hear you roar. That was my Katie Pepper reference there. That was terrible. No, 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 no. You get the idea. Beloved, real courage is not something we muster up ourselves. Real courage is a gift. It's a gift of grace, but you have to receive it. You have to be willing to admit your limits. You have to decide to submit to the limitless power and reach of Christ in you, through you. You have to surrender your own understanding of what is going on. You have to surrender your own understanding of all that is possible and lean on his, his purposes, his plans, if you just keep staring into the mirror at your reflection and try to talk yourself into being and doing something that only Jesus can, you're never going to be able to see the face of your creator through the person of Christ leading you forward. You'll never pay attention to the voice of your heavenly father through his word and his spirit directing and providing you with exactly what you need to hear. Whatever you're facing today, no matter how big or how small, no matter how new it is or how long it's been, if you're lacking courage today, if you're spent, if you're done, if you're at the end of your rope, if the towel is in your hand and you're ready to throw it, take courage, take it. If you're thinking, I just can't do this anymore, understand, you don't have to. If you're crying out, I just can't do this all by myself. Trust that you don't have to do it, any of it, all on your own. You can't do it by yourself. None of us can. That's why we need to take courage. The strength and resolve the Lord gives us, that's how we have the courage we need, by trusting in the Lord with all our heart that God is with us and for us, that our God can and will see us through, no matter what it is, to the very end.